0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com.
1: Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of the EPA podcast right here on BGN Radio, of course, Bleeding Green Nation I am one of your hosts today, Victor Williams. Be sure to follow me on all platforms over at The Philly Pod. Your Philadelphia Eagles are 7 and 0 after a dominant victory over the Pittsburgh Steelers. So dominant that the starters didn't even have to play much to my, didn't have to play the whole fourth quarter, rather, and I'll explain why I was upset about that later on in the show. Joining me as always, my other co-host, you can follow him on Twitter at half and half TPL. He does phenomenal uh, Eagles coverage over there. Make sure you go check out his YouTube channel for all uh, all 22 coverage so you can better understand why the Eagles are so good this year. My guy Shane Half. What's going on, man? Undefeated still. When When does it end? We are just riding high until... You can't ride anymore. How's it feeling, man? It feels great. Still undefeated. I'm going to go ahead and spoil for everyone
2: that I'm pretty sure it was gambling related. Is why you were <laughs> oh yes, thank you. End of the game. Is
1: that where we're going today? <laughs> yeah, man. Not a not 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 a fun time. So I had a ticket, which was uh Jalen Hurts 300 passing yards, AJ Brown 100 receiving yards, and AJ Brown anytime touchdown. And they pulled Jalen Hurts with 285 with 10 minutes to go. I'm sitting here counting my money. I'm thinking, all right, I'm 100 bucks richer. Uh, no, there was a couple drops, AJ and, and Devante each dropped one. And, uh, maybe if AJ Brown gets in the end zone on that fourth score, maybe I'm sitting here a hundred bucks richer, but alas, it doesn't roll my way as it tends to go with these things. Do not follow in my footsteps. If you are a degenerate like myself, it was a great ticket. It was great. It just didn't, it just didn't work out. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> the, the, the important thing is here, nobody, no substantial injuries. Obviously Jordan Davis, uh, Jordan Davis, we'll get into that later on, but you pull everybody, on a short week and uh when you when you have a a thursday night game coming up it's always good to get uh extended rest but shane man just uh, uh initial takeaways on on being seven and no handling the pittsburgh steelers out of the bye week the way we did and uh and uh potentially it looks like that uh the eagles have their guy it looks like they have their guy at quarterback and if 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 it wasn't evident. If it wasn't evident like a few weeks ago that that the Eagles are going to extend them, it's surely evident now after after this week.
2: Yeah, I, I've i watched the Eagles this year, and in my mind I've sort of put them on tier two behind like the Bills and the Chiefs. Bills and Chiefs, like they're going to duke it out. And, you know, anything can happen in one game in a Super Bowl. We've obviously seen that as Eagles fans. Uh, Nick Foles going up against Tom Brady winning a Super Bowl. So anything can happen in one game, but you look at it and you're like, and the Bills, the Chiefs, they're on another level. The Eagles, they could win that matchup, you know, a one in 10 shot, whatever. But as I watched the game on Sunday, I started to feel like for the first time that the Eagles are truly on that same level as the Bills and the Chiefs, that it's a truly a coin flip when they match up against each other, you know, assuming they take care of business and they get there to begin with. But And I know it's the Steelers, and maybe that's a silly silly reaction, but the Eagles were just so dominant in every facet of the game yesterday. Uh, and we expected that from the defense against Kenny Pickett in the offense, but the Steelers are known for having a good defense and their defense isn't as good this year, but the Eagles just dominated the game from, from whistle to whistle. And it, it was impressive to see. And I really liked some of the nuances that I saw, some of the new things that I saw coming out of the bye week on both sides of the ball that made me feel so confident in this coaching staff's ability to adjust over time as well.
1: Yeah, if there was one thing we didn't have to worry about, it was the Eagles being prepared coming out of the bye week. We know Jalen Hurts' mentality. You know Nick Sirianni is going to have his guys ready. As we talked about on last week's podcast, the worry level on on coming out of the bye week, you know, rusty or unprepared certainly wasn't high with this Eagles team. And it's not like the Steelers have bad players. Yes, they're rebuilding, but they have some talent there, especially their wide receivers. We highlighted it last week, Pickens, Chase Claypool. Deontay Johnson all held to just 80 yards, 80 yards. Pickens held without a catch for the first time in his young career. Uh, Bradbury had a lot had a lot to do with that. I feel like he was targeted like 20 times throughout <laughs> through, through, throughout the game. Darius Slay obviously uh, uh, doing what he does, but the uh, the man of of the hour and the highlight of the week was obviously AJ Brown showing exactly why the Eagles invested that hundred million dollar contract into him immediately following the trade. For whatever reason, the Titans didn't think it was worth it. We'll take the picks. We'll go ahead and get Traylon Burks. And now A.J. Brown is sitting here with more receiving yards than every Titans wide receiver combined. A.J. Brown came down with touchdowns of 39 yards, 27 yards, and 29 yards, all in the first half, becoming the first player since 2004, Shane, the first player in 18 years to record three touchdowns of 25-plus yards in the first half. The last guy to do it was not Terrell Owens. People keep thinking it's him, but it was Drew Bennett. Who was also a Titans player, so history <laughs> is certaining uh, uh repeating yourself. Your your reactions to AJ Brown, not only just like just just being good, but the fact that the Eagles have a guy who can completely take over and transform a game, and it literally is pick your poison with this offense. It's not like they needed a, a ton of contributions from everybody else, but for AJ Brown to post career high one hundred fifty six yards and his first three touchdown game, it's and and this is this is barely scratching the surface of what this team can be. I just don't
2: know how you stop the offense. And we've talked about that a little bit before, but do you want to blitz because the Eagles struggle against the blitz? Well, if you keep two high safeties, like the Cardinals did, they're just going to play horizontal. They're going to throw screens. They're going to get the ball to playmakers on the perimeter. You want to blitz without a single high coverage, like the Steelers did. They're going to take those shots to AJ Brown downfield all day. Uh, Mina Kimes had a clip going around on Twitter earlier today, talking about how, the Eagles just change their identity every game. They just decide how they're going to beat you today. And exactly, it, it's so crazy just how well they shift their identity. They, they were more 12 and 13 personnel in this game. They did a lot of like play action, max protect, shot plays. And that's not what we've seen them do this year. Before the bye, they were a four wide, spread it out screen team. And, and now they're max protecting, taking deep shots. Uh, they kept a running back or a tight end in the block on 19 snaps in this game. In the first six weeks combined, they only had 40. So almost half of the time uh, that they did in the first six weeks combined, they were keeping extra blockers in to attack vertically. I don't know how you stop a team that can just shift. How do you game plan for that? How how do you know what you're going to face? Are the Eagles going to be run heavy this week? Are they going to be RPO heavy? Are they going to take shots? Are they going to run screens? They can shift so flawlessly from one identity to another. And we've talked about the Eagles offense being simple, And one of the things that is nice about that simplicity is it's just so easy for them to shift to something else entirely.
1: I think that was most evident on the uh, on the fourth. I think it was the fourth down on the first possession it was. And they ran that RPO where at one point, like you could do a still frame of the play where Jalen Hurts is mid handoff and either Miles is going to run it. Jalen Hurts is going to keep it himself. And Dallas Goddard is already running out in the in the flat towards the sideline at that point in time. There's three different ways that they can execute that play, and yes, RPOs are are subjective, and it depends on how you run it. But Jalen Hurts runs it to such a such an elite level that it's truly almost nearly impossible to defend. That there's three different possible outcomes, and you have to be. And if you commit to one or even two of them, the third option is going to be productive. That is the scariest thing about 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 this offense. And you see AJ Brown, who caught I think all three touchdowns. According to Next Gen Stats, who are obviously the ones that keep track of all this route classifications and everything, they say that AJ Brown was the first player in an NFL game in in history of, of football that caught a three touchdowns all on go routes and double coverage. I'm pretty sure he's the first guy to do that, and it's almost like you think you're watching a replay, but it's just they're doing the same thing and it can't be stopped. Minka Fitzpatrick, as good as he is, I'm a, I'm a Minka fan. I was I was hoping the Eagles would make a move for him before he went to the Steelers. But man, that guy's having he, he's going to have PTSD for a while. This is reminiscent of what I think what was it? Des Bryant to Bradley Fletcher on Thanksgiving. I think it was or whoever he abused on Thanksgiving. It was reminiscent of that because every time AJ. Brown scored, Mika Fitzpatrick was in the frame and it's just it's terrorizing when there's there's just nothing you can do. by the time that third score happens, you just gotta just gotta say i can't I can't do it. I just I just don't know what to do. <laughs> well and you mentioned that RPO
2: on the fourth down. The Steelers defended that play almost perfectly.
1: I was—I remember watching it, and I was like, "They've defended it as good as they could." They (laughs) they
2: have the the defensive end commits to Miles Sanders. The safety is screaming downhill from his single high spot to go take Hertz, and Dallas Goddard just beats his guy to the flat. And the guy's covering him the whole way, but Goddard beats it. It's so simple, and the Steelers executed almost perfectly. And it just doesn't matter. And then, you know, you talk about the AJ Brown touchdowns. That first touchdown, the the Eagles ran a dagger. Concept. So you got the inside receiver, which is Brown, runs a vertical route. He's a clear out route. He's not even in the progression. You're trying <laughs> to free up Devonte Smith on the deep end route, and the deep end route is wide open. Like Hertz should not he have was. thrown that ball. It's not the right read. He shouldn't have thrown it, but he throws it into double coverage. And hey, my guy's just better than your guy, and it doesn't even matter. And so even on a play like that, if that was the third touchdown, I would have thought it was like a heat check. Like Browns on this was the first one. Just my guy's better than your guy, and I made a mistake in the progression, and it just doesn't matter. So, the margins are just so wide for this offense with the way that they're playing right now.
1: Yeah, and watching the film, Devontae Brokaw, I believe it was across the middle of the field, right? The dig you mentioned, and he was definitely open. And Hertz says, Forget all that, and just bombs it to AJ Brown. Uh, but I think the, the big distinction with Hertz this year, uh, from last year is that he has confidence in his receivers which I can't fault him last year because if Jalen Rager playing 60% of the snaps, you're not going to be very confident in throwing, in throwing to your receivers. But you even saw it with the one target that, that Quez Watkins had. He threw it up to him and he didn't come down with it. But that's, that's having the level of confidence in your guys that I'm at least going to give him a 50-50 chance of coming down with this ball. It seems like that ratio, that chance is a lot higher when you throw to A.J. Brown because it doesn't matter. Like he said, On on one of his touchdowns, he said one, two, and two is not enough. You're going to need another guy to even have a remote chance of stopping me from catching this football. So that is uh, impressive all around. Jalen Hurts on the day with 68% completion, 19 of 28, 285 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks, 140.6 rating. He makes A.J. Brown look like a star, and A.J. Brown does the very same for Jalen Hurts. I think the most telling stat this year is Jalen Hurts, 16 total touchdowns, And I know people scoff at the total touchdowns thing, but he threw for four of them. He only had, what was it? Two. I want to say two rushing attempts. Yeah. He didn't run the ball very much. They only ran it 12 times when Hertz was on the field. I believe. I think, I think miles had nine carries Hertz carried it twice and Boston. Scott, I think got one. So the, the whole, like the whole total touchdowns and people being mad at that, that's starting to go away. 16 total touchdowns on the year for Jalen hurts to just two turnovers. And both of them were off batted balls. The one, uh the jags I think that was a pretty bad throw from what i remember that was in that was in like triple coverage and he tried to just squeeze it into a window but man his ball security continues to be the most impressive thing uh, on top of everything else Jalen Hurts is doing this year his ball security remains the most impressive in my opinion
2: yeah he he just doesn't put the football in harms way you had the one against jacksonville there was another one i think it was against the cardinals i can't remember that should have been intercepted uh, that was a similar read other than that I don't really recall times that he's put the ball in danger. His other interception was off of Kenny Gainwell's hands on that screen mm-hmm. pass. I think it was against the Vikings. Um, the, the, the Eagles turnover differential is just absurd. They're plus 14, which leads the league. Second place is only plus six. So they're, they're more than double the turnover differential of the next closest team. And, and the, the offense is just schemed so well. I mean, you take the top off of the defense a couple times with A.J. Brown. And they come out the next or a couple drives later and it's underneath, underneath, underneath. And then they throw a bubble screen look and the, the corner bites down and A.J. Brown right over the top again. And they come back two drives later with uh, Zach Paschal in the slot and Dallas Goddard out wide. And almost every time they've used that alignment, it's been a screen to Goddard. A- except this time it wasn't. It's a fake screen with a wheel route to Zach Pascal. He's wide open. Like you could have bit on it. You could have made that throw. On it. <laughs> and, and it's just an easy touchdown. And so... The Eagles' offense is just running circles around people, and they're doing it. They're doing it schematically. They're doing it with execution. Like this isn't, this isn't Jalen Hurts just hitting wide open guys all the time. This is Jalen Hurts playing at an elite level. The receivers are playing at an elite level, and oh by the way, the coaching staff is scheming things up at an elite level too. And so the the offense, I couldn't be more impressed with how they looked coming out of the bye.
1: I think uh, Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen, whoever, whoever's was responsible for that, rewarded uh Zach Pascal because like I've seen you mention uh he's he's exclu- he's exclusively uh blocking out of the slot, you know, more often than not. So uh, I think they rewarded him for for that for all the dirty work that he does and getting Zach Pascal that touchdown because we've seen Goddard, we've seen that rep 20, 25 times this season. So of course naturally the defense is uh is and I think that they blitz on that play too. So they were expecting they were trying to push they were probably trying to push Hertz and the Eagles out of field goal range. They're were like, we're gonna stop this and also pressure hurts and Zach Pascal's running free because nobody's concerned with Zach Pascal because on film he is blocking. So nobody thinks that he's about to be downfield. So very, very good stuff from the uh from the um uh Eagles offense. One one concern, and I don't even I probably shouldn't consider this a concern because we know how the offense is, but Quez Watkins had the one target, he's had just eight targets since week two. Uh, since since obviously his touchdown against the Minnesota Vikings. Any level of concern there, or is this just a, a product of you can't, you can't get the ball to everybody? Yeah, I certainly
2: expected Quez Watkins to have more than 88 receiving yards at this point in the season. I really thought he would be the deep threat. I thought he would be the one that took the top off of defenses, and that hasn't manifested itself. I'm not concerned about it because A.J. Brown has done that, so it's not like the Eagles don't have a deep threat. It just hasn't come in the way that I expected. Um, I don't know how as a defense you align yourself to take away A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard without opening yourself up to the run. I guess it becomes a concern if a team can figure that out and, and there's nowhere for Hurts to go. But I still believe in the explosiveness of Watkins. The offense is just working at such a high level right now. Uh, I think it's just a byproduct of that mostly.
1: Yeah, I think I I, I agree. We should probably see more of Quezada down the road as defenses. Is- you know we're we are, we are playing not for nothing. We're playing bad teams, so maybe when we see who's who's the best secondary coming up, There's not not many good ones. <laughs> not many, not not many good ones. Green, I guess Jair Alexander in Green Bay is probably the, the the next like tough guy we're going we're we're going to see. So it'll be interesting to see how how the Eagles' offense deals uh, deals with that. As far as the pass rush, Kenny Pickett, uh, like I mentioned, obviously didn't want to challenge Darius Slay a whole lot through a whole lot at James Bradbury, but the pass rush continues. Uh, to apply pressure getting to Kenny Pickett six times they had six total sacks 11 QB hits i believe 18 total pressure. Sasan Reddick had a had a very nice stunt and leads the team in sacks currently but they did suffer a blow with Jordan Davis and his high ankle sprain left the game in the uh, in the second quarter uh, early diagnosis says he is going to be out for 4 to 6 weeks Shane, how big of a blow is is Jordan Davis to this defensive line, and how do you think they attempt to fill that void moving forward now that we're past the trade deadline and they can't bring in anybody else?
2: Yeah, that that's a devastating injury, especially in terms of your run defense. Uh, one of the things I wanted to see from the Eagles coming out of the bye was them allowing Jordan Davis to play in some of those four-man fronts, and they actually did that, and then he got hurt like four snaps later. So I, I'm sad that we don't we have to put off seeing that now, but They've mo- almost exclusively used him as the zero technique, the guy that's head up on a center in their five-man fronts, which has been their primary run defense. Uh, after he got hurt, they put Marlon Tuipolotu in there for like two snaps in that role, and both times he got pushed like eight yards off the line of scrimmage and they never played that five-man front again. So um, you would like him to be able to do it. You don't want to put Fletcher Cox there. Like The only other option, I guess, is maybe you could try to put Uh, Javon Hargrave there, but you hate to do that with the way he's rushing the passer. And so I I think they may try to make it work with Marlon Pelotu. Otherwise, you probably won't see a lot of five-man fronts again until Davis gets back. Uh, The biggest issue is going to be that this is going to make life more difficult on TJ Edwards. Those five-man fronts are designed to keep Edwards clean so he can read it out and plug the hole. And if you're not able to play in those fronts, now all of a sudden Edwards is going to be deconstructing blocks. He's got to react faster, which is one of the strengths of his game. It's his run defense, but it certainly will hurt the run defense. We'll see how the Eagles respond. If they'll start to put more guys in the box, you know, what the what the solution will be.
1: What do you think is the uh, the the deal with Milton Williams? He's a guy that we are very excited about when he drafted. He he tested like Aaron Donald, all these things, and he had a good rookie season, I believe. And this year, not so much. Obviously, with the with the depth, I'm bringing in Jordan Davis. That kind of stunts that. But you haven't heard his name a whole lot this year. But still, somebody very talented along that defensive line. Does this open up any additional opportunities for him? How do you see Milton Williams' role uh, carved out in the in the future?
2: I don't know that it opens up much more of a role for. Milton Williams, because he's not the kind of guy that you're going to play uh, in that Jordan Davis role. He's a little light. He's under 300 pounds. He's not a nose tech sort of guy. So why he hasn't played more in the rotation, I'm not sure. I don't think it necessarily opens up more roles for him unless... You know, it's just that they're using Marlon tui or they're using Javon Hargrave more in that role. And so it gets him on the field more in relief of them in pass rushing situations. But Williams is not the best run defender. He's a little more of a pass rusher. And I kind of think he just got caught in a numbers game where the Eagles signed a bunch of good pa- They've got a, a bunch of good pass rushers. And what they needed was someone who can step in and stop the run. And so I think he's been more of a numbers game than anything. Uh, you know, maybe we will see him a little bit more now. Though that some of these other guys will have to be a little more run defense specific,
1: right, right. Now the highlight of this defense, obviously, C.J. Gardner Johnson. Even I'm not going to say game ceiling interception because the game was over, but he essentially ended the game with that interception off of the batted pass from uh, from T.J. Edwards. Very good game for him, for for, for Gardner Johnson. One sack, eight tackles, one pass defended, and that inner is this uh is this cj garner johnson improving as a safety every week i believe uh we've mentioned this before that how he probably said if you pay like if you play like a safety we'll pay you like one after 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 the year is he truly improving as a a, as a safety in this defense or is he just a beneficiary of good linebacker play he is living right
2: he's doing something (laughs) right like catches another interception that is tipped right to him. And he's looks, a magnet man.
1: Four in the last three weeks, I think. Yeah, four and I seven.
2: think three of the four have been tipped. Like it's just <laughs> he is always in the right place at the right time. Um, hey,
1: hey, that's that's plain safety though. That's it's, plain safety. That's
2: plain safety. And so I think there's a little bit of both. I think he's getting a little more comfortable. He's certainly caught some big breaks in high-leverage situations. The tipped interception. Uh his, his sack came off of him blitzing out of the slot. He came in untouched and got Kenny Pickett. So they schemed him that. He did make a great play on that because Pickett sees it immediately and tries to get around him, and and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson breaks down and makes the tackle, and that's not easy to do when you're flying at a mobile quarterback off the edge, and we know he's had some tackling difficulties, so that was a great play by him. Uh, I think he's playing better, though, and another thing I really liked that I saw from the defense was uh, some of the creativity in the pass rushing plans. Uh, there was a chart floating around on Twitter before the game showing the Eagles had the lowest stunt rate in the NFL. So they're just, they're not doing any sort of pass rush games. And one look that we saw several times in this game, they would put Hassan Reddick as a four tech. So he's lined up like on the inside shoulder of the tackle. And then they would have Josh Sweat outside of him. So you've got two edge rushers on the same side and they would put three defensive tackles to the other side. And it should be obvious. Something's up there because the Eagles obviously aren't going to put three defensive tackles on one side and two edge rushers on the other side. And they kept running these stunts with Hassan Reddick where the defensive tackles would, would push, push against the line slide. And then they would just loop Reddick around and he got a couple sacks. He had another couple that were free runs and the ball just came out quick. So, I mean, there's pros and cons to that. It opens you up to some rushing, some draws and things like that, but creating chaos for opposing offensive lines is always fun to watch. And you saw him do it several times. Josh Sweat got one, even Brandon Graham got one. And so uh, I, I really liked what I saw, but Javon Hargrave, man, he had himself a game against his former team, two sacks, six pressures. One of his sacks came with him. He was trying to draw the double team and allow Josh Sweat to stunt inside. And he shed the double team and he got to pick it before Sweat could. So Javon Hargrave had a heck of a game.
1: Yeah, a good overall game from the defense. Obviously, we knew as a rookie quarterback and Kenny Pickett and a, and, a, and a reeling Steelers team, but good teams take care of bad teams. And I could see like the whole like bad schedule thing. I could see the Eagles were like edging out wins over these bad teams, but they're just stomping them in the dirt. That's what you. That's what you do when you're the superior team. And it's been very fun to watch. And we'll see how it all shakes out <laughs> coming up uh, uh, against Houston. Shane, any final notes on the Steelers game before we move ahead and uh, touch on the trade deadline a bit? Uh,
2: two things. One, you mentioned the the strength of schedule. And actually, if you go look by opponent winning percentage, the Eagles have played the 12th hardest schedule so far in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you look at...
1: There's not many good teams this yeah, year. It's the not Vikings, fault, the
2: Cowboys both have good records. And so, I, I, now their schedule is certainly easy the rest of the way out. But, And I wish they were tested by some more teams down the stretch. But they're a good football team. Um, so, I, I'm not concerned about that. You know, would I like them to gut out a few fourth quarter games against some playoff caliber opponents just to get into that flow? I mean, it'd be nice, but I don't want to gut out fourth quarters against the Steelers and the Eagles are taking care of business. And that's all you can really ask for from them. Uh, the other thing is
1: special teams. Mm, special teams. Devontae's returning punts again. Man. <laughs> it's, still, it's still an issue.
2: I mean, you, you have you have a penalty on a field goal attempt that ends up turning it into a touchdown. You give up a fake bogus, punt.
1: bogus penalty though. Bogus. Yeah. Hey, what is what is, of, a, what is a, What is a what is a what was the reasoning? A a move not like a football, but whatever. Football you say. move. What
2: whatever yeah, that. They, I, I think they were saying that,
1: Brennan Graham like said Hut to try to get the. This was hilarious though. When they showed the replay, he definitely baited them.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know on that, but regardless, you can't you can't do that. The Eagles special teams gave the Steelers seven of their thirteen points, and then you know the fake the fake. Uh, the fake punt it's the second fake punt that's got them so uh, they've
1: been they've been biting on that for like four years now
2: (laughs) and then even at the end of the game and it's in garbage time it doesn't matter but aaron sipos had like a 37 yard punt at the end of the game and she's like what are we doing here so special teams continues to be something to monitor it has not cost the eagles yet but it feels like a ticking time bomb at this point
1: yeah, I was I was shocked Michael Clay even uh, even came back this year after the way special teams looked last year. I was shocked they they brought him back and now they have no returners. They're using Devontae again. Don't want one of your top receivers back there fielding punts all the time. The uh, the the feel good story of Britton Covey certainly hasn't worked out. Uh, is Devin Allen still hanging around the practice squad? Might be time for him to get a get a look. I don't know what his status is, but obviously not a full time football player. So we don't know how that's going to check out. We thought the Eagles would potentially make a move for a return man or something of this sort at the trade deadline. But, of course, they, uh, Robert Quinn remained the only move that the Eagles did. We thought Howie had something up the sleeve at the buzzer. There was uh, rumblings of running backs, Kareem Hunt and Naheem Hines. I saw Jamal Williams uh, r- rumors running around. And then you have the uh, Naheem Hines brought you returnability, and you had the Sirianni connection. So I was all about ready to accept that. I was like, he's an eagle at this point. And then he goes to Buffalo for, what was it, a sixth and Zach Moss, I think it was. And if Howie didn't want to match that, then he just wasn't interested in bringing anybody additional. Anyway, Shane, how uh, how disappointed are we that the Eagles did not bring any additional help for special teams, uh, any running backs to help take the load off Miles down the stretch? I believe Miles is on pace to have his heaviest workload of his career thus far. Or... Uh, a backup safety man you got to pray one of these guys don't go down because i'm not trying to see Kayvon wallace in a playoff game
2: (laughs) yeah i'm fine with it i mean it's always fun to make moves but you look at the eagles draft picks uh they don't have a fourth fifth or sixth in the upcoming draft so that makes it a little hard to make moves and certainly they could figure out ways around that but there was nobody that got moved at a price tag that made me think oh the eagles missed out um there's things you would like to have a backup tight end a backup safety at the end of the day, they are backups. It, it becomes an issue if somebody gets hurt, but every team has guys that if they went down, it'd be really hard to replace them. So ultimately, you know, Robert Quinn is the move. It's a good move. In my opinion,
1: if he was made at the deadline, we'd be a lot, we'd be a lot happier. I guess it was a yeah. couple of days too early. So we're not feeling great. <laughs> I, I'm glad that the Eagles did not overpay
2: for something at uh, which, could have been a concern you know you don't have a fourth fifth or sixth. maybe you've got to give a third for one of those guys that's worth a fourth and so I'm I was glad that Howie showed restraint and didn't overpay Uh, I wasn't too in on the running back thing it would have been fine I just don't think running back is really a big need Uh, so I was more just looking at backups at other positions and I'm fine with it Uh, just don't ask me if Dallas Goddard or Chauncey Gardner.
1: Chauncey. I was about to say, no, Albert o, man, our wishes are over. The wish list ends it We were the only two capping for the guy, screaming up and down the timeline. And people were like, oh, uh, Calcaterra, uh, he, he, he's fine. Stahl is guy. They just haven't gotten opportunities. I'm like, if you want to see Jack Stahl catch passes, then be my guest. I don't want to be one of those guys. <laughs> but it is it is it is what it is. You, we do have Trey Sermon though in the back. When I was looking into Jeff Wilson and I was like, man, another 49ers running back. We don't even use the first one we got. So maybe if my if Miles is lost for knock on wood a, a certain amount of time, Gainwell, Boston Scott, and uh and Trace Sermon can can carry the load by committee. I was just concerned with the pass protection because we cannot pass block to save our lives. I'm seeing Gainwell get beat left and right. I haven't dove too deeply in the all 22 yet i'm doing i'm doing that later but i don't know how the pass protection worked out but i wanted i wanted somebody to come in here and like attempt to protect jalen hurts on some of these edge rushes it doesn't look like we are we are we are going to get that though surprisingly uh, they, they did well this week uh, oh
2: yeah i think sanders pass blocked on six snaps and gainwell did on one they all they picked up their guy every time never allowed a pressure so Hey, did they hey, pick they, him up or did they, they get, get
1: steamrolled? No, they get no, no. They, they, they,
2: they okay. picked him up and gave time to get the ball out. So um, it, it was a good day for pass protection. And maybe that's one of the things they focused on cleaning up
1: out of the bye. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe how he saw that and he was like, I don't need a Jamal Williams. What's Jamal Williams going to do for us? And you don't want to invest too much into players that are rentals. You know, you already have a laundry list of free agents that you're going to have to worry about after the season, bringing in another one parting with a pick probably wasn't in Howie's cards you know he loves those picks they still have six of them so they can still wheel and deal and recoup a fourth if they need to next season uh any other notes you want to make of the deadline i know around the nfc east thankfully dallas did not get brandon cooks uh washington parted with william jackson the third who is amongst the league leaders and yards allowed anyway so (laughs) just wasn't working out for him any any other uh notes we need to make calvin ridley Man, Doug Peterson stockpiling them receivers over there. You've Got Christian Kirk now. You got Calvin. Uh, it's 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 some good things happening. And I think that might be the best trade of the day, the Calvin Ridley one.
2: Calvin Ridley suspended indefinitely for betting on the Falcons to beat the Jaguars. Gets traded the to the Jaguars. So, <laughs> yeah, and that's a very complicated trade with all the conditions about reinstatement and playing time and extensions. And I don't He'll know. He'll be it, back next year. He'll
1: be back next year. Yeah, I assume back. he will be as well. Yeah, this the big move is that, uh, thankfully, I know the Giants were looking at receivers. Um, I'm surprised Brandon Cooks is still at the Texans. We're going to have to worry about him on Thursday now. I, I was all but certain he would have been gone. We'll talk about the uh, the uh, the Houston matchup coming up after the break. Appreciate you guys for uh, listening along to the EPA podcast Eagles player analysis with myself, Victor Williams, as well as Shane Half. Going to a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about some of the key matchups on the short week for the Eagles as they look to move to 8-0 against the Houston text and stay tuned right here to bleeding green nation
0: support for this show comes from sylvan learning as a parent you want your child to have every opportunity but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team now more than ever educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference that's why parents have trusted sylvan learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate
2: Welcome back from break here on the EPA podcast. Victor and I are ready to dive into the Eagles matchup on Thursday night against the Houston Texans. Victor, potentially potentially the Eagles could beat the Texans on Thursday night as the Phillies clinch the World Series. Mm -hmm. Seems like bad scheduling, I'm just going to say. But
0: we're going to focus
2: on the game that less people are probably going to be watching uh, because from where I'm sitting, this Eagles-Texans game it should not be much of a game. Uh, what What are your thoughts on the Texans um, as we kind of dive into this one?
1: Yeah, it probably should be over by by halftime. But we're in the age of technology. If you can't watch both at the same time, I don't know what to. I don't know what to uh, what to tell people. But if the Phillies didn't get postponed, they were on uh, on se- on separate days uh, uh, anyway. But then the rain moved it and and all this and that. But yeah, not not a few brights, not a lot of bright spots for the uh, Texans this year. Uh, not not a great season, but they do have some bright spots. Damian Pierce, their running back, is one of them. He has 539 rushing yards on the year. I think he's averaging four and a half yards a carry, and he's also pretty good out of the backfield, 20 catches for 98 yards. So I think the only the only rookie with more scrimmage yards than Pierce right now is Breeze Hall, who who, who was lost for the year to an injury, unfortunately. But Pierce is, is one of the matchups you're going to have to watch against this run defense. Uh, as we all know, the Eagles <laughs> are, are stout against the run. They held they held Najee Harris in check on on Sunday, but he's one guy you look at uh, on on offense. You obviously have to worry about Brandon Cooks now. Davis Mills isn't some all world quarterback, but Brandon Cooks has been one of the most consistent receivers, probably underrated in my opinion. I don't know how many seasons he's had was well, straight with a thousand yards, but he he does it quietly and consistently. And I know he had the uh, he has the stigma of the injury woes. And Eagles fans remember him for being knocked out of the, out of the Super Bowl. <laughs> but he's still a very good receiver in his own right. This is why he's in trade rumors every year. This is why teams continuously are interested in him. Uh, but he stayed put. And now he's going to be Darius Slayer, James Badbury's response responsibility. But as far as the offense is concerned, uh, other than Pearson and Brandon Cooks, there's not a whole lot going on there. Yeah, the, the Texans rank
2: 31st in offensive DVOA and 30th <laughs> in defensive DVOA. This is just a bad football team. Um, yeah, not great. If we want to talk about their offense first, they, they do have a solid offensive line. And you mentioned Damian Pierce, the rookie out of Florida. He's a good running back and he generates a lot of yards after first contact. The Eagles have notably struggled tackling. So that's something to watch, especially with uh, Jordan Davis out. The Texans like to run the ball early to try to set up play action. They are 21st in the league in early down pass rate at 51.4%. So, they're going to run the ball on early downs. They're going to try to set up play action on late downs if they can get into third and short. They're they're fairly predictable as a team. Uh the key for the Eagles is to limit the run, to keep them in third and long so play action does not play a role because Davis Mills is just so much better with play action. Uh when running play action, his completion percentage goes from 61 to 69 percent. His yards per attempt goes from 5.4 to 8.9, and his QB rating goes from 72.6 to 106.9. So much better passer when the threat of the run is there. All six of his interceptions on the year have come without play action. So you want to keep them out of situations where they can utilize their play action. And then you know you get them into third and long. That's where you, that's your money down. You really don't need to blitz. Like their passing game it's just not good enough to beat you. Just drop out into coverage, rush four, do some of your D-line games that we saw early and you know, g- get out of this game early. Like you said, this should not be a very good game. This is a great matchup for the Eagles'
1: uh, offense, their defense
2: versus the Texans' offense.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, this is another game where Jalen Hurts might potentially be pulled, <laughs> pulled out of out of this game and on the offensive side of it, Miles Sanders so the eagles basically knew they could throw do whatever they want through the air to the Steelers, which is why miles sanders wasn't used a ton against pittsburgh this week should be the opposite because i believe this texans defense is historically bad where they dead last dead last in rushing yards allowed this year uh since 1987 they're one of just four teams to allow 1300 rushing yards through the first seven games that is that is hit on the wrong side of history there and miles Sanders. As we all know, when 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 relied upon, we saw it in Jacksonville. He can make you pay, and he's another guy who's who's good with yards after contact. So if there was ever a game for us betters out there, if there's ever a game to <laughs> to look at Miles Sanders, a hundred yards and potentially one or two touchdowns, and hurts might carve them through the ground too because they are very bad at spying the quarterback. They do not know how to contain mobile quarterbacks. They don't know how to contain above average running backs at that. So I think uh, this is going to be a very big game for 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 Miles Sanders in the rushing attack. So. Last week, the Texans played
2: the Titans where they gave up a 200-yard performance to Derrick Henry, 219 yards. It's the fourth straight time Derrick Henry has rushed for over 200 (laughs) yards on the Texans. Now, Derrick Henry, notably better than Miles Sanders, but let's play a game called who played quarterback for the Titans on Sunday. You might know this because you're a little bit of a draft guy. Some of our viewers might not, but he's a rookie guy named Malik Willis making his first start out of Liberty. Okay. Jalen Hurts
1: light. That's who he is. He yeah. looked, he, a lot of the stuff he was doing in that game looked a lot like what Jalen Hurts was doing last year. <laughs> yeah.
2: So so Malik Willis, he was, I think, a fourth round pick. Rookie making his first start. Uh, he went 6 of 10 passing for 55 yards. So they, they threw the ball one time in the second half. And yet Derrick Henry faced a light box on 50% of his carries. Like, Sounds I don't, like they
1: could have used AJ Brown.
2: I don't understand <laughs> what the Texans were doing. You're playing a rookie quarterback who's never going to throw the ball, and you were content to sit back with two high safeties, play light boxes, and let Derrick Henry rush for 200 yards. That's against a team that doesn't have a quarterback or a passing attack. And then you look at the Eagles. If the Texans were that concerned about allowing explosive plays to the Titans who don't have explosive plays, imagine how they're going to play the Eagles. Like this should be. This should be a, an absolute murder game for Miles Sanders on the ground. If you've got Miles Sanders in fantasy, you need to be playing him. Uh, this this could be the Miles Sanders 200-yard game. I, I just don't see them selling out to stop the rushing attack when they were so terrified of Malik Willis throwing to Traylon Burks last week.
1: The, uh, the spread opened up this week at 13 points. It's probably up to 13.5 now. That might be the first ever like double digit spread lock I've seen since <laughs> ever ever like even that seems too low. That spread needs to be like 20 21 points. The Texans have seen the most rushing attempts in the NFL this year at 234 and have given up an average of 5.6 yards per attempt. They are going to if, if they don't if they don't rush for 200 yards in this game combined because Miles might not play in the fourth quarter then, uh, then something went wrong. Flipping back to the uh, to the defense side of it, cornerback Stephen Nelson, former Eagle, is is there. He had a pick last game, uh, but other than that, not too many uh, things to worry about on the uh, uh, on the secondaries. And I believe uh, they have Jerry Hughes on the defensive line. I think if I if I remember his name right, I think Jerry Hughes is there on the defensive line. He has five sacks through seven games, so uh, it's not like they don't have any pass rushers. But the Eagles have the best offensive line of football. I don't anticipate that being being an issue on Thursday night.
2: Yeah, I don't either. And the Texans that they're a they've run a, the league high rate of cover two zone. Uh, Lovey Smith, old school Tampa two guy. They run yeah, cover it's two. old school, all right. Yeah, they run cover two <laughs> on twenty six percent of their snaps so far this year. So you are going to see two high safeties. You are going to see predictable defensive coverages. Uh, we just saw AJ Brown have a huge game against man coverage. That's not the Texans. I I think this is going to be a RPO heavy game against zone coverage. This is going to be a Dallas Goddard game. I think Dallas Goddard has a big game here. They're going to use him as a run blocker because he's so good in those roles. They might get into, you know, we saw a lot of 12 and 13 personnel against the Steelers. They might run that against the Texans and say, you know, are are you you going to stay in too high against 13 personnel, three tight ends? Are you sure about that? Because we will run the ball down your throat. And so I think you're going to see a lot of running. You're going to see a lot of quick targets to Dallas Goddard. I, I don't expect you know, the, the huge AJ Brown game against their two high safety looks, unfortunately. So uh, this may be more of a Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard game, but yeah, I think it's going to be a short game. The Eagles are going to run the ball by design and then they're going to run the ball to run out the clock. So short game uh, maybe gets, I don't know what time the world series starts. Maybe the Eagles game is over first and you can catch both. You can catch the end of the world series. Hey, man,
1: if, if there's ever a game where the play action is going to set up a Quez touchdown, this might be it. This might be the one. So we'll we'll uh, keep an eye on that. One more matchup I think that, that stands out to me is the, they have rookie left guard Keon Green. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Keon Green along the offensive line. He's given up 23 pressures, 16 hurries, 6 hits, according to Pro Football Focus, and he ranks 72 out of 79 guards in the NFL. Your guy, Javon Hargrave, who was coming off a two-sack game himself, should feast against this struggling rookie is that a matchup you you think uh Jonathan Gannon will 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 likely take advantage of
2: yeah i mean you can you can definitely rush the passer the the problem a little bit is going to be that davis mills throws the ball so short to begin with uh, he yeah, typically man. has a pretty quick time to throw they typically are playing more horizontal than vertical which the eagles are fine with uh, the eagles now they struggle to tackle sometimes, but they'll be happy to try to rally and tackle that. It's not like the Texans have, you know, great receivers uh, to go make guys miss. But I was high, I was fairly high on Kenyon Green. I was trying to look and see where I had him rated when he came out of the draft, but he's definitely struggled so far this season. Uh, he was the number 27 player on my big board. So I had him in a little bit of a reach where he was selected at 15 overall mm. by the Texans. Um, mm. But I, I think. You know, some of the some more of that chaos, the stunt game that we talked about earlier, the Eagles may limit that because they're so concerned about stopping the run here. But uh, I really just don't fear the Texans offense. I mean, the Texans offense had 71 yards prior to their final drive in the fourth quarter against the Titans (laughs) when the Titans dropped into prevent and let them go score a touchdown. So it's just not a scary offense. It's not a scary defense. Um, the, The Eagles really should roll through this one.
1: Yeah, Davis Mills on the year just fifteen hundred yards, eight touchdowns, six interceptions, and you mentioned just six point four yards per attempt. So it's not like he's chucking that thing downfield. He's looking for <laughs> dink and dunk options. Hopefully, he's looking for he he's looking for Damian Pierce to carry the load. He'll find Brandon Cooks here and there, uh, but but other than that, I think that the Texans are just looking for a moral. Uh, <laughs> just just looking for for any positives to come out of this game because I I don't think. Oh, battery died. Don't worry. But uh, <laughs> I think that um that um uh the Texans don't have a whole lot of whole lot of things in that locker room they can sit here and say, Yeah, we're gonna go ahead and beat the Eagles. But any given Sunday, the Texans at one five and one, uh maybe they'll 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 make some things happen. Uh anything else you wanna touch on for this Eagles and uh Houston game before we wrap this up?
2: Yeah, I think the most notable thing to watch for people in this game, a game that might not be a very good game, is to see how the Eagles play the run. It will be a good test for their run defense without Jordan Davis. The Texans don't have a great rushing attack, but they do have a good running back uh, who excels at running through tackles. And so that's probably the most important thing that I'm going to keep my eye on is just to see how the Eagles are able to respond without Jordan Davis. Uh, It should give us some indications for what they're going to try to do over the next four to six weeks while he's out.
1: Yeah, if there was ever a game for them to go ahead and test that, it's it's this one. They got a good, they got a pretty uh, um, um, good opponent to go ahead and try, try new things as they prepare for the playoff run down the stretch. Appreciate you guys for tuning into this episode of the EPA podcast, the weekly edition of the uh, as we dive into the uh, X's and O's every week with myself, Victor Williams, and uh, Shane Half. Be sure to follow me on Twitter and all the other platforms at the Philly Pod. Shane, where can the people find you? What content you got coming up? As they uh, the Eagles prepare to move to eight and zero on Thursday night,
2: yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at half and half underscore tpl. I got my YouTube handle finally, so Hell I'm yeah. on YouTube at Shane Half yes, NFL. Uh, that's half h a f f. So you can check it out there. I've got uh, three all twenty two videos up this week. Uh, I looked at the bomb, the deep passes, all four of the touchdowns, and the near miss to AJ Brown, and talked about how the Eagles got those open. I looked at the stunt games that they ran with the defensive line, and then I put one out on just the Eagles late down, third and fourth down conversions. So you can go check those out. They're tweeted out in smaller clips too, if you don't want to mess with YouTube. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you can you can find me on YouTube, find me on Twitter, uh, in the link tree, of course. All hail the link tree.
1: <laughs> the good old link tree. It's still there oh, with man. all the links. Sounds good. Sounds good. As you guys know, be sure to subscribe to BGN Radio on Bleeding Green Nation, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, wherever else you can find your shows. We'll catch you guys on next week's episode of EPA, hopefully talking about a uh, an Eagles win and still remain undefeated. Thank you guys for checking this out. We'll catch you guys on the next episode here at Bleeding Green Nation. Go Birds!